We might have Alex Darty over Zoom. Alex, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm here. Hey, there's Alex. Alex, uh, first off, everybody go follow Alex on Twitter, AlexDarty1 on Twitter. Alex, thanks so much for jumping on with us again here. Got a little confusion there at the beginning, but all the same, you're here now, so that's good. I was going into my thought of, of what I was going to ask you, Alex, because we all spoke about this uh, before any of the Barry Trotz news, before any of the David Poyle news, any of that happening, right? We said the only way to get the Preds fans fired up going forward would have been to remove David Poyle, to move on from David Poyle. And and that news happened. The fans got excited. But what I feel like nobody thought was going to happen after all the trades, after all the news or anything, is that the team itself would get fired up. And they have been really good as of late. What is that? Is that do those two things go hand in hand? Does this make any sense sense to you? Well, I mean, you have to think about all these things kind of together. These aren't these aren't just two separate events or three separate events. This is kind of a, a lot of things happening at once. For one, yeah, there is a little bit of a more kind of loose approach to the to the games, I think from the players' perspective now because the decision has been made. The the seal has been broken. They they they're sellers officially. You know, they they've sold off more pieces now than they ever have at the trading deadline. Um, their their fate in that respect is essentially sealed and they're they're ready to move forward and and build a new team then there's the idea that D- david Poyle handed it off to barry trotz who i think a lot of people are very um high on and and, and think could could do a really good job and so there's a little bit of momentum you know from a lot of different areas and in, in that respect but from the player's perspective i mean the roster has turned over quite a bit i mean you know, some some good players, have, I mean, you know, Matias Ekholm was a good player this year and has been a good player for a long time. So losing him is not necessarily a good thing. But Nino Niederreiter was, you know, he was a good, not great player. Uh, Mikhail Granlund, I think, was kind of bad this year. I mean, he was just not a very productive player this year. And Tanner Janot didn't have a very good year either. And those are three players that weren't necessarily the ones winning you games anyways. I mean, they just weren't, they weren't contributing a whole lot this year. Ekholm was, but the other three weren't. And then you consider they've brought up some young guys. I mean, uh, Luke Evangelista over the last, last few games, he's had a really solid first three games. Tomasino is, seems to be here. Tommy Novak is on fire. Um, And then, I mean, John Leonard is maybe a little bit less of a prospect, but Tyson Berry has been really good. Um, I think there's a lot of a lot of turnover, and I think that's just kind of changed the makeup of the team. And then on top of those other things, just yeah, there's a little bit more minimum, a little bit more you know loose kind of no pressure kind of approach. And but I will say this: the the team is not they're not rolling over Boston and Colorado and and the Rangers and Toronto. They're not beating real good teams. They're, they've beaten some kind of bad teams. I mean, they beat Arizona, they beat San Jose, they beat Florida a couple times, and they beat Chicago. So those are not very good teams, and they lost to the one good team, Pittsburgh. So we got to keep in mind they've had a pretty easy schedule the last few last few weeks. Talking with Alex Darty covers all things Preds for A to Z Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Alex Darty One. So I, I I understand that right. Like I get that makes sense, but it does seem like they're doing themselves a disservice. I mean, nobody, nobody's going to come down and say, hey, make sure you're losing to get a better draft spot. But 
that I, I would think that would be in the air somewhere. Do you think that that's that conversation's being had, or or is that maybe firing them up? You know, a la major league. Uh, you know, when the Indians were trying to yeah. move down to Miami, you know, and they're like, you know, let's let's win this one despite the ownership. Yeah. Well, so let just let's remember what the what losing does for you. What what losing does for you is it just gets you closer to the number one pick. It does not guarantee you the number one pick. You have to finish in the bottom 11 of the league in order to get a chance at the number one pick. And I think the if you're 11th, which I think I think Detroit or Washington, one of the two are in 11th right now, 11th from the bottom. I mean, I think they have like a 3% chance. Okay. So if the predators were to just like lose a bunch of games and get in, I don't know, ninth, the ninth worst team in the league, maybe the eighth worst team in the league, they would have at best a five to 7% chance at winning the number one overall pick. Definitely better than zero, but it's hardly a guarantee. And, and it's not just about the number one overall pick. I mean, you can get top guys in the top three, so they have a pretty good chance of getting in the top three. That's, that's definitely possible. Um, but how do you weigh that against the other option of if they do make the playoffs, then you get playoff experience for guys like uh, Luke Evangelista, who I just mentioned. He, he's just just shown up. You know, Tommy Novak would get in there. Philip Tomasino, assuming that the injury is okay. Um, Yuso Parson. Uh, obviously, a lot of the defense has already got a lot of that experience. But but you'd have a lot of opportunity for guys to just play loose in the playoffs, just to get their get their playoff debuts out of the way. And then you've already sold all your pieces. You already can go into next year and then the future years as uh, as rebuilding. And, you know, you'll still get a mid-round pick. You'll still get, you know, a 16th, somewhere in the 15th, 16th, 17th range of, of a draft pick. Combined with all the other picks you've got, you're going to do, you're going to come away with a lot of talent next next draft. So I don't think there's anything wrong with with either direction, to be honest. I think that they're in so much of a better position because I don't think they can really do wrong. If they were to go on a tear and make the playoffs, I think there's benefits to that. And if they lose every game from here on out and have a chance at a number one pick, there's benefits to that. You know, they don't want to do the thing where they just sit in the middle and not make the playoffs and then also have a terrible shot at a top pick. But uh, I kind of think that they're going to win a few more games here. I, I just had this feeling that they're going to they're going to impress some people down the stretch just because of what I said earlier. They're playing looser, no pressure and that sort of thing. So it does it it kind of seems like you're you're okay with them making the playoffs then cuz or or at least you must have some vision of them possibly making the playoffs cuz I know we were sitting at one point right after the All-Star break we were thinking well how this team starts immediately is going to show if they're going to be able to make it or not because it was such an uphill sprint for them to get in is that still your thought I let me just clarify like I I I really don't care either way. <laughs> I I am I am here for wherever the story is, and I, I'll find a story in anything, right? And and I, 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 no matter what's going on with this team, if there's no like nothing going on, I'm gonna find something to write about. So that's all I really care about. And I'll be honest, I love covering the playoffs. The playoffs are incredibly fun to cover. Every moment, every game is just just magnified that much more. It's it's like the most exciting thing to cover the NHL playoffs. I think. Uh, so I would love to do that, but I'd also love to cover, you know, a top three draft pick. That would be amazing too. So mm. I really don't have a preference. I'm just saying, I don't think that they really can do much wrong from here on out. I think they've made their, they've ripped the bandaid and they've, they've gone for it and they've, they've made their choice. Now you kind of have, uh, the world has kind of opened up and, and things just feel different than they did, you know, two weeks ago. 
Talking with Alex Darty, you can follow him on Twitter at AlexDarty1. Well, tonight they're taking on Vancouver on the road, uh, keeping up with a uh, six-game road te- uh, road streak that they're going to be having going on. Already two wins to start off that trip, though. Uh, what do you think happens tonight against Vancouver? Well, I mean, uh, Vancouver's not very good. Uh, they've they've sold some players. They're they're kind of in a in a tailspin as well. I mean, they're they're a team that the Predators really should be better than. They've they've won a handful of games here recently, but they're not very good. They've got a bad defense, bad goaltending. They can't score a ton. Uh, I guess they have decent decent offense. I like the Predators to win tonight. I think that they they could pull it out uh, fa- fairly easily. I think it just depends on you know the health. I mean, they've got. Philip Tomasino left the game and, and had an injury. You know, Yuso Parson has been injured. Phil Forsberg's still out. You know, if they get one of those guys back, I think that makes makes their uh, situation a little bit better going into tonight. The other thing I would point out, I just looked this up before, uh, before the show, and that is the Predators have had a negative goal differential all season long. So all that means is the almost the entire season – they've had more goals scored against them than they've scored uh, in the standings. Right. So they've been at like negative 10 or negative eight for most of the season. They're at negative one right now. If they were to win tonight, they would be finally on the plus side of the goal differential for the first time since like game four of the season. So uh, again, going on with momentum, like I almost think that I would be uh, <laughs> a shot in the arm for them. Just knowing that, Oh, all of a sudden they, they are a positive team in that area. It doesn't make a huge difference, but it, it does kind of look different in the standings. You look at a team that, Oh, they can actually score more goals than they allow. And that's not been the case for the predators all year long. So just, just because you are such an analytical mind, like where, where would the teams on the top end of the league be at goal differential wise? Oh man. Uh, Boston has like plus a hundred. I mean, that's not, that's not even an exaggeration. I think they're plus a hundred or something like that. I mean, it's not like a huge part of it, but I think it just does represent, you know, you can tell the difference between a team that really belongs in the playoffs and one that doesn't, if they are, if they made the playoffs and they have a negative goal differential, that tells you they got a little lucky, right? I mean, they, 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 they got wins over certain teams at the right time and they got some help doing it. Just an example, Los Angeles, the Kings, they have a plus three differential. So like, not very, not very high. Plus three. T- Seattle, right behind them, has plus twenty. But Seattle has fewer points than them. So it's like it. I, I, th- I like Seattle in the playoffs way better than I like Los Angeles. Just, just based on that. It's not all about that, but it does tell you a lot. And it does also tells you Dallas is far and away the best team in the West. Highest goal differential. They score a lot of goals. They don't allow a lot of them. And that's the name of the game. Alex, I want to put a bow on all the trade deadline. All the you know, the, all the little ends there with everything that happened, all the news and everything, uh, because I don't believe we spoke since that all officially ended. Uh, first off, did, was there ever a thought of Yuso Saros in your mind being traded? Because I know the rumor went out there and people were, I mean, frankly, losing their mind on Twitter. Yeah, I, I, I did not think it was going to happen. It would have surprised me if it happened. I, You know, I I admit that I got caught up in the, uh, the whispers, the rumors of that. It just... It was too intriguing, and there were so many other big moves. It was just like, man, what if, you know? Then David Poyle on Friday, uh, he said, I think he was asked, you know, Yuso Saro, I think he was asked who on the team was really kind of untradeable, who was untouchable, and he specifically named Yuso Saros and Roman Yossi as guys that he was really never considering trading. 
you Roman Yossi because he has a no trade clause in his contract, but UC Soros, like I, the, the name of this game is goaltending. I mean, I think John Hines has talked about that before it, it and goaltending is if you do not have a good goaltender, you, everything goes poorly. You will have so many problems either in a rebuild or if you're contending. And I think David Poyle knows that. And they've made their whole franchise around good goaltending from day one. Um, he knows that if you just trade away a good goaltender, bad things will happen to you. And he didn't want to do that. And just because they have a really hot young goaltender in, in Yaroslav Askarov coming up doesn't mean they should just trade away Soros. So I, I, I didn't really ever think it was going to happen. It, it would have really surprised me had he done that. Why did it feel like it took so long? I mean, it took David Poyle leaving the Predators, right, to announce finally that he does all these moves it feels like they're just two years too late, and maybe we—if he does this kind of stuff two years, two years ago, maybe three years ago—people mm. are excited for David Poyle to stay on. Maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess you could make the argument that he might have. Uh, I mean, two years ago, we were dealing, still dealing with COVID, and I think there were a lot of questions. I mean, three years ago, we were sitting here. In fact, it was about a week from now, three years ago, that they the league shut down, right, mm. and. I, that was like they had just fired Peter Laviolette. I think that that was they were kind of moving that direction, right? I mean, I think you can make the argument that he would have done this. I think there were plans kind of in place, but the COVID thing really just changed changed a lot. I mean, it wasn't just about the fact that they couldn't play hockey. It was like they didn't know what was going to happen with their cap situation, with the money. You know, there were there were a lot of questions about, and you know, NHL teams don't have the the TV money that like the Titans do. They, they do rely heavily on gate money, and that was a big question. So I'm not trying to excuse it. I'm just saying that there were a lot of questions about, you know, if, if could they really, you know, compete? Could could they really handle, you know, what was upcoming? And, and they didn't want to have to sign could, – they couldn't sign certain players. And I just think there were a lot of questions there. And then, of course, the, last year they were going to do that. They were going to sell – and then the team went on this ridiculous run where they won, you know, 15 of their last like 18 games or something stupid. It was just a nuts run. Uh, and UC Soros was a part of that. And then he got injured. <laughs> so they were like, they were definitely leaning to selling at the end of last year. In fact, Ekholm was the big name. And then they got on this run. And so it's like they find, they've really been close to it last few years. But just finally, it was it was time, and they they just they just could not be they just weren't a good team all year long. Give them a follow on Twitter at Alex Darty One covers all things Preds for A to Z. Alex, thanks so much for jumping on with us, buddy. We always appreciate having you. Definitely. All right, take it easy. Appreciate it, Alex. Good stuff there from Alex Darty. If you want to jump in on the conversation, six one five eight four four fifty six hundred. Got to run to a break after this year on the.